0: Welcome to Horror Cult Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Chris. And I'm Gary. And this week we bring you part two, final part of our Valentine's special for 2023. I don't know why you sound so happy about it. And if you are listening on day of release, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day um yeah and if you've watched this film in preparation then uh we apologize
1: (laughs) there's one person we need to apologize to and it's listener tom collins who you know gets in touch with us every now and then to talk about the episodes and whatnot and he did ask us to be kind about this film uh because it's fabulous apologies in advance we are about to trash the fuck out of this film
0: We'll, yes, we're going to be harsh, but fair. Glad you enjoyed it.
1: We wish wish we it.
0: enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, sequel to A Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. We've discussed Basic basic Instinct on the podcast before. If you've not heard that episode, I suggest you go back and listen to it. It's a fabulous episode. Um... And so I was kind of looking forward to this film. I thought we were obviously at the time everybody hated it. Uh it's been slandered for decades. But we've I thought trash the piece. I think it's gonna be trashy, it's gonna be camp, and it's nothing of the sort. No. It's it's very sad. I'm very sad to tell you that it it just yeah,
1: wasn't Yeah. No, it is very Uh, what's the word?
0: Basic! Basic, yes. Put in the basic in Basic Instinct.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. Basic Instinct 2, released in 2006. Uh, it won four Razzies. It did.
0: It did. And we'll discuss them at the end. I'll do those as a little discussion point at the end.
1: Okay, good. Uh, directed by Michael Caton Jones, who directed Memphis, Memphis Belle. City by the Sea, The Jackal, Our Ladies, Scandal, This Boy's Life, and more. Uh, originally, David Cronenberg was in talks to a director.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And there's a comparison to a David Cronenberg film that I saw throughout yeah. uh, the first half of the film.
1: Uh, he had a lot to say about the film, Michael Caton mm-hmm. Jones. He said... Uh, Years later, of course, I reread the script and I knew I had to redo it. I later learned the script had been around Hollywood for years and the movie was a deal film, which means that nobody really gives a monkey how it turns out, but a lot of people made a lot of money as soon as it's made. It was a disaster. I wanted to get out, but I'd have been sued to death. Sharon Stone lives in the zone inside her own head. She's had to do everything to get up to the greasy pole. And having reached a certain age that wonders what to then wonders what to do It's all about insecurity and fear And to show she was a star She'd turn up late And not know her lines She'd make her appointments to have her nails done on a day of filming uh, There was no point in getting into a fight with her though I mean Kind of sounds a bit misogynistic Not gonna lie I mean Apart from the fact that she obviously was massively unprofessional
0: <laughs> Yeah but you take it with a pinch of salt. I think, in many regards to the film and her career as a whole, Sharon Stone has kind of been a punching bag. Yeah. And she's been an easy target. Mm-hmm. She is, I think, a damn fine actress. Mm-hmm. I think she's one of the true beauties of the screen. I think she's a beautiful woman, no matter what age. Yeah. You know, she was recently on Saturday Night Live. Absolutely serving, still looks phenomenal, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think she's a great actress. In the original Basic Instinct, I think she did a fantastic job, you know. But she was typecast. Yeah. She was typecast in sexually provocative roles, which made her a very easy target. Mm -hmm. We saw the same thing with Pamela Anderson. And God bless her, she's getting her redemption now, Mm. you know, after all these years these, you know, beautiful women who weren't afraid to be ex- sexually explicit on the big screen um, being targeted. Yeah. You know, and no one mentions any of the other actors that were in the f- You know, Michael Douglas was in Basic Instinct yeah. as well. He was there. He was partaking in those sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Yet we see him carry on with a legitimate... Yeah you know, Korea. Yeah. Whereas Sharon Stone was pigeonholed. Yeah. She had Casino, which she did a fabulous job in as well, by all mm-hmm. accounts. I haven't seen it. I would like to see it. But she's still that actress who was in Basic Instinct. Yeah. So what is she meant to do with that? Mm-hmm. What is she, you know, how is she meant to, as an aging Hollywood actress... Mm. And, you know, it's a little better now, but it still ain't great. What is she meant to do? You know, she is the star of Basic Instinct 2. Basic Instinct 2 is Sharon Stone's movie. I do understand that. And, you know, there is a call for professionalism on set. So if she was unprofessional, I do understand that. But she became the target. He, the directing shit in this film. Oh, yeah. The directing's oh, crap. The
1: funny thing is... And yeah. he's blaming everyone yeah. else. Yeah, the funny thing is, everyone, uh, when it comes to this film, everyone comes for Sharon Stone. Yeah. Do you know why they come for Sharon Stone? Just because of her fucking age. There's absolutely nothing, and this is the only nice thing I'll say about this film, there is nothing wrong with her performance in this film. She does exactly what she did in the original. I think she does a fantastic job. Everyone else around her, the rest of the cast, it's fucking awful. It's abysmal. They're in two different films. Yes. Yeah. But she is in Basic Instinct. She is given the exact same performance. Yes. Yeah. The
0: The material isn't great. No, she's and working so with a terrible it is, script. It is going to
1: show. But again, no, none of that's getting any attention. No, it's, all, it's all Sharon it's Stone. It's all Sharon Stone. And if the recent, you know, situation with Madonna's taught us anything, it's that, like you said, you know, celebrities of a certain age, fucked. Yeah. Absolutely fucked. Like, you know, like Madonna, she can't do anything right. Because she's a certain age... She could, she could either look like an old bag, like people want her to, and then people would slag that off as well. Yeah. Or she can, you know, have an effort, and she'll be slagged off for that. It's like, you know, women of a certain age, as a celebrity, whether it's in Hollywood or the music industry, they can't win.
0: Yeah. And with all due respect, you know, and not to sound ageist myself, but you have people like Clint Eastwood yeah. and Kirk Douglas. Uh-huh. And Michael Douglas himself going around, sort of not looking their best, mm-hmm. and people aren't judging. No, no one cares. The, how they've aged or mm-hmm. how they haven't aged. No, they, no one's judging that. No one's saying, you know, oh God, you know, didn't Kirk Douglas look like a bag of shit at the Oscars exactly. the other night? No it's, one's saying that. Yeah, it's double standards of celebrity it's culture. A huge double standards. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Um, the people in charge of the writing in this film are Leora Barish, surprisingly the writer of Desperately Seeking Susan, um, yeah. Deadly Nightmares, Golden 80s and Venus Rising, and Harry Bean, who wrote The Believer, Deep Cover, Noise, Eternal Affairs, Running Brave, 1988 The Remake and more, and of course based on characters created by Joe Estherhaus.
0: Yeah, uh, Venus Rising looks like a trash to piece. Yeah. Um, did you did you ever look? I, I didn't and I didn't know name Morgan like Fairchild uh-huh. um, it's about a mother and daughter who visit a prison mm-hmm. There's some sort of lockdown and they're stuck in the prison for many years <laughs> and then they try to return to a society that's very sort of sci-fi ahead <laughs> <laughs> of its time um it looks amazing wow got a lower imdb rate in the basic instinct too so uh um (laughs) maybe trash to peace territory with a young uh, jessica alba wow as the i think the girl that goes into the prison at the beginning
1: (laughs) wow um made on a budget of 70 million dollars it made 38.6 million dollars worldwide and uh Film's failure led some critics to question if... And this is an interesting topic. If there's still an audience for films of sex scenes due to the availability of porn on the internet. That's very interesting because... How many times have we said on this podcast, oh, this film's done well on video, this film did well in the 80s in the cinema because, you know, that's what was available back then, etc, mm. etc. Et yeah. Um, I mean, that's absolutely right. This, If this was on video in the 90s, it'd have been a fucking hit. Yeah. Just because people would be expecting the same... And no, spoiler alert, it's not that sexy. People would be expecting the same sort of sexy, erotic film as the original. But, I mean, would have been horribly surprised when they got the video. But yeah, this is 2006, and the internet is in full swing by this point. So, maybe that did have something to do with it.
0: Yeah, why pay, you know, 20 quid or whatever for a DVD? Mm of it to watch at home when you can go on your computer and see this the real thing well, yeah on there or you know illegally download yeah the original basic instinct to see much of the same yeah do you remember when this was released i do i do remember I, when this was i remember released.
1: the the uh distributor marketing the shit out of this film like i yeah. remember i saw the trailer a lot of times i mean at that point, I had no idea about Basic Instincts. I I knew the, the scene from Basic Instincts. Everyone knows the scene, no matter how fucking old you are. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the 90s, it's a staple. Um, But, yeah, I, I knew. Of, I never watched it. I know my parents watched it, but I didn't watch it. Uh, I just knew of it because it was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I knew. The, the big thing about this film that
0: I kept seeing was the fact that Stan Collymore was in it. <laughs> So, Stan Collymore, for anyone unfamiliar, was a Premier League footballer, and I think he'd retired, and he's in he's in this film, <laughs> kind of, barely, but a huge deal was made of Premier League footballer Stan Collymore starring in mm-hmm. the sequel to Basic Instinct. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to have this sex scene. He's going to have this sex scene. Oh, my God, you're going to see a new side of Stan Collymore. You know, and it's no, it, it's, that's not <laughs> the case at all. But it's
1: probably the most exciting scene in the film. <laughs> it is.
0: It is. Well, you, you you can't deny that the film starts with a bang. And we'll, well get into yeah. that. Um, but that was the big thing. I'd heard of Basic Instinct. Obviously, I knew the... Um. Oh, no. I maybe have watched it by that point. I may have seen it. I may have um, sort of taped off the telly mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I may have seen it, but I was very aware of Basic Instinct. Yeah. But what I kept seeing in the papers was Stan Collingwall in this mm-hmm. erotic thriller. Yeah,
1: uh, Paul Verhoeven, director of the original, of course, uh, disliked this film. And he named the lack of a strong male character to balance out the character of Catherine Tramell as one of the reasons for the film's failure. Do you agree?
0: Absolutely. I genuinely like I said earlier. She's gotten them to work with. Sharon Stone is in a different film. Yeah, she's done them to everybody work with. else. Uh visually as well. Yeah. As, oh god. You know she she's dressed very different to the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. The rest of the cast is very drab. They yeah. look very drab. Yeah. London looks very drab in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird to see this character and she's an established character. Yeah. You know, she is an established character. Yes, it's been fourteen years since the original Basic Instinct, but we all know the character. He made Sharon Stone's career. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. Yeah. You know, the film was a huge success. And so they've kind of written the character, kind of, maybe a little similar. Um, I will, throughout this podcast, mention how alike to Samantha Jones from Sex and the Sexy <laughs> she is. Um, But they've written this character who feels completely out of place yeah. because everyone else
1: is fucking boring. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, it's really hard to believe that she would go after someone as boring as the male lead in this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, Michael Douglas, his character, he had a more interesting history. Mm -hmm. I I see that they're trying to do the same thing again. You know, the the David Morrissey character, uh, Glass... He has a history.
1: Mm. But his history's fucking boring. Oh, my God. I'm so sick of hearing it. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of the male lead, uh, when the sequel was originally being planned in 2000, Michael Douglas declined to reprise his role as Nick Curran because he thought he was too old. Well, <laughs> maybe he was at that point. You know, may-
0: maybe... Because he was much older than mm. Snow. I mean, that's never mentioned. No. It's never mentioned that, you know, in the original... You know, Michael... Douglas was much older. Mm-hmm. If you had it the other way around in the original film, you'd never hear the fucking end of it. Yeah. But all oh, this much older woman, mm. with a younger fella in yeah. this film. You know, it's never mentioned.
1: Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was set to star in uh, the new male lead role, but had to drop out when he was charged with drug possession. Kurt Russell was attached at some point, but bailed out because he felt uncomfortable with the nudity. Pierce Brosnan, which is interesting, because David Morrissey sounds a lot like Pierce Brosnan in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, When he's trying to do his uh, British James Bond accent. Uh, Pierce Brosnan refused to play the male lead role because of distasteful elements. (laughs) Bruce Greenwood was set to star, but dropped out because he hadn't been signed on yet and feared the actor's strike. And Benjamin Bratt was banned by Sharon Stone for not being a good actor. (laughs) Oh Oh dear. Benjamin Bratt
0: from Miss Congeniality. Uh Um, Yeah, I'm assuming a lot of this... Because it was meant to be made in two thousand, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um and Sharon Stone had signed a contract that essentially said she would get paid um if the film was made or not or not made. Yeah. So she was still gonna get paid no mm-hmm. matter what. So her heart maybe wasn't fully in it because she still got her payday. Also interestingly, she got paid the same amount for this film as Michael Douglas got paid for the original, fourteen years previous. Yeah. Um so if you're accounting for inflation as well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. She got paid less than Michael Douglas did for the first film. Yeah. Considering she's the star. And she's in it a lot more than I thought she was gonna
1: be. Well. Kind of. You, you just spilled all my trivia. Oh sorry. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> who's in it.
0: In a section we like to call Hey,
1: I know you. Including Sharon Stone. <laughs> including Sharon Stone. And Catherine Tremell. Um did you know my last bit of trivia I have? Because it's all gone now. My last bit. Oh, I do. Before apologize. agreeing... <laughs> I forgot we were on this podcast together. Before agreeing apologize. to perform the full frontal nudity scene, uh, Sharon Stone invited a friend over to watch the original film. During the film, by her own admission, she stripped down totally naked and asked her friend if she could still pull it off.
0: And do you when I know the answer? <laughs> she can. Yes,
1: yeah, she can. She was absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, Absolutely. You may know her from the original Basic Instinct, Total Recall, Casino, The Quick and the Dead, Silver, Catwoman, previous podcast film, Deadly Blessing, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, Cold Creek Manor, and lots more. Yeah, so this
0: is uh, post-Catwoman as well. Post-Catwoman, yeah. So it's still in the um, Sharon Stone's Terrible Actress, whatever happened to her, phase. Unfortunately.
1: The, yeah, very much Sharon Stone's a recognizable name. Let's hate her. Let's not even think about her performance and how perhaps her performance in Catwoman may have actually been spot on for what the character was going for. But, you know.
0: Yeah, there, there is. I'm going to mention it now, actually. I, w- I was going to mention it at the end, but since we're on a Sharon Stone discourse, <clears throat> um, at the Golden Raspberry Awards, she won Worst Actress. Mm-hmm. And she was also nominated for Worst Screen Couple um, for what they described as Sharon Stone's lopsided breasts. Of course. Um, When we first started this podcast, uh, I looked a lot at the Razzie's Mm. list for trash the pieces that we could talk about. And the more we delve into the history of the Razzie's, the more I think... They're yeah. The, the more I genuinely And mm-hmm. especially with what happened this year Yeah um, With the fire starter thing Which is just all very awkward You know And it's They kind of always feel like they're punching down mm-hmm. At points as well Now I honestly Can't think of a world Where nominating Sharon Stone's Lopsided breast Does not come across as misogynistic Exactly Exactly. It's body shaming. Yeah, it's as far as I'm concerned, not true. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if it is, you know, it it's why would you highlight trashy? It? Why why would you? It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's the lowest common denominator. It's so rude, mm-hmm. and a little anatomy lesson. They're not going to be exactly the same. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, whichever man. And I assume it was a man man. who put forward that nomination. Look at your testicles and see if they match. (laughs) You twat. And then
1: punch yourself in them for being such a dickhead. (laughs) David Morrissey uh, stars as Dr. Michael Glass. Was David Morrissey nominated for anything?
0: Oh, my God. He should have been. He should Tammy, have won. Are you he serious? Was <gasps> he was not
1: nominated. He oh was not nominated. He
0: is... Oh, my God. What about David Fulis? David Thewlis was nominated okay, for this deserved. and The Omen. Okay. And he was well. iffy in The Omen as well. Worst supporting actor. But um, David Morrissey is fucking atrocious wow. in this film. How he was not nominated... And I know we've just trashed the Razzies, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. If they're gonna, if they're but gonna if do we it, he did awards. If went... gonna,
1: yeah, but if they're gonna do it, why not <laughs> yeah. nominate him? The yeah, actual, why not him? You know, the actual bad actor is because Sharon Stone is not bad in this. No. She is does not give a bad performance. She doesn't. I don't. I genuinely don't think she does. It's just the two thousands where everyone was just fucking punching down at like famous women. It's, it's true. Frustrating. It's, yeah. Um. Yeah. David Morrissey. He was in the other Boleyn Girl uh the Berlin walking, girl, Berlin girl. <laughs> the walking dead welcome to the punch blitz nowhere boy derailed blackpool doctor who and more yeah the mean tv miniseries blackpool remember that yeah, yeah. i don't actually did you watch that i i didn't i remember it existing uh, i didn't watch it
0: we should probably watch it a little bit of blackpool don't we <laughs> might be interesting maybe p- i'll point out all the. Um, yeah, just as a little um disclaimer, this is a very British film. Oh my god, it's so British. Very British. Yeah. It's set in London, the actors are British. Um, so we, we could run riot on the mm-hmm. Hey I Know You's. Yeah. Because they are very British.
1: Yeah. Charlotte Ramplin uh, plays Dr. Melina Gordosh, uh she was in Forty Five Years, Melancholia, Swimming Pool, Assassin's Creed, Dune benedetta the damned the night porter street dance 3d and more yeah um really well regarded british actress
0: um i would put her with you know vanessa redgrave Mm -hmm. and glenda jackson you know quite prestigious um she's been oscar nominated and she's completely wasted yeah this film she's got fuck all to do um not sure why she agreed to do it Probably a good payday for her. Yeah. Uh, with a little, no work whatsoever.
1: Uh, she. I mean, she looks like uh, Lauren Bacall in the fan, so that's good. Yeah, she's given. She's
0: given the Bacall, isn't she?
1: And finally, David Furlus uh, as Roy Washburn, of course, known for a certain franchise. We don't talk off on this podcast because it was written by a turf. Naked, The Omen Remake, The Theory of Everything, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Wonder Woman, The Big Lebowski, James and the Giant Peach, and more.
0: Again, a really renowned actor. Mm-hmm. He won Best Actor at Cannes for uh, Naked. Did the, the Mike Lee film. Um, and again, he doesn't... It, let's be honest. He doesn't give a good performance. No, this, this is film. awful. It It is awful. Um, but... Again, another one that probably had more potential than what was delivered. (laughs) Well, also, can I just add uh, a very confusing Hey, I Know You? (laughs) Because I didn't see him in the film. And doing a little bit of research, it may not be the Charlie Simpson that we're thinking of.
1: But it's listed as that Charlie Simpson on both IMDb
0: and Letterboxd. Yeah, but Charlie Simpson from... The boy band, British boy band, busted, was apparently in the film. Yeah, but I don't remember seeing him, and we no. would recognise him. Mm-hmm. We would, we would definitely recognise him. So I don't, I don't know. And then obviously the aforementioned Stan Collymore. Yeah, who I don't think was in anything else after. I'm assuming.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about our feature presentation.
0: Judge, let
1: her go. Or I'll make you a bet.
0: She'll do
1: it again.
0: What are you doing here? What you said about me being addicted to risk, isn't that what turns you on? Don't play games with me. What, do you think I killed him? Survival
1: is the most basic instinct. Basic Instinct 2. I feel like a cigarette. Set in London, the film opens with American best-selling author Catherine Tremell in a speeding car with her companion, famous English football star Kevin Franks. Played by Stan Collymore. Famous Uh, British football star.
0: Stan Collymore. Uh,
1: He says uh, he's, he's clearly out. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell with the performance, but he's clearly drugged up and he's like, guess what? I can't move. And she's like, you don't have to, you're in a car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I liked is, did you catch the uh, big diamond earring? I did, I I did. It was very British football in 2006. It's very what people assumed David Beckham would wear at
1: the time. (laughs) Um, In a bizarre series of events. It was very bizarre. Catherine takes Frank's hand, licks it, and begins fingering herself with it. Simultaneously, increasing her vehicle's speed... But the semi-unconscious Franks is seemingly unaware of what is happening. Um, at the point of orgasm, Catherine veers off the road and crashes into the West India docks and Canary Wharf on the River Thames.
0: Yes. A uh, couple of points um, about this one. The streets of London are empty. <laughs> empty. Yeah. Completely empty. Uh, false. <laughs> I don't care what time of night it is. If you're anywhere, you know, if you know London, you know that the streets aren't that empty. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, they end up in the River Thames. She attempts to save Frank, um, but she doesn't. <laughs> she, yeah, she she swims up in what was quite a, a nice um, visual, I thought, of her swimming up to the light. Let's make one thing very clear. The River Thames <laughs> has never been that clean. No. She, I can assure you, had diarrhoea for two weeks after that. (laughs) The River Thames has never been that clean. She's just swimming through. No old bicycles, no condom wrappers. (laughs) No no dead seagulls, no (laughs) pigeons. She's swimming through very clean comes out very clean looking great I was like i don't think so darling
1: it is absolutely ridiculous they decided to set this in london i really don't know why they didn't just stick it with... it was originally set in new york they should why why not just stick set it in new york it's impossible to take it seriously it not not us. just because of the bad writing but it it just it makes us stand out even more it's a difficult one because this... why is she in london
0: this yeah why is she in... <laughs> why is she suddenly living in london now um because, I mean, she's not escaping the law or no. anything because she wasn't, she says later that she wasn't found guilty, mm-hmm. you know, of what happened in the first film. So it, it kind of, for us, knowing London and knowing, having visited London on many occasions, we sit here and we're like, that's not the London I know. No. You know, it doesn't look like it smells a piss. No. <laughs> which we all know London does. The Thames is cleaner than our drinking water, <laughs> and uh, the streets are fucking empty mm. for her to go speed racing. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, you know it's it does it's funny.
1: It's funny. She's later questioned by the police, and she says, "When when it came down to it, I guess my life was more important to me than his." <laughs> yeah, do you know
0: what's also important? What her choppy fringe. What the <laughs> fuck is going on with that? Is it? Do you think it's a wig? Maybe. She's. She, oh, what's that film? Or oh, what's her name? Scream free. Mili, uh, free <laughs> it's given Scream free. That Mele Jokovic film, where it looks like she's. Um, I think she's culturally appropriating. Aeon hey Flux. No, that's Scarlett Johansson. No, it's not. Isn't it? Am flux. Oh, it might uh, be, but she's got a choppy. It's one where she's got a choppy fringe, Mm -hmm. and it looks like Sharon Stone's got that. (laughs) And I I tell you, you know, Sharon Stone can pull off a lot, but a choppy fringe is not not the one, honey. No, I I don't like it. I mean, her
1: looks throughout are serving as expected. Her looks, but the hair is. I'm not a fan. Uh, Her interrogator, Scotland Yard detective superintendent Roy Washburn. Yes. Roy Washburn. Yes. Sharon Stone. As Kathleen Trimbaugh. He's been interrogated by someone called Roy. <laughs> Roy. Oh, my uh, name is Roy. Roy Washburn. He dramatically walks into the room and notes that uh, DTC, uh, a neuromuscular blocking agent used to relax muscles during general anesthesia. Anesthesia? Anesthesia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a medical professional. I'm out of love. Anesthesia. Save me okay, just from say it. Me. Get everything. What is it? Anesthesia. I said it right. Then there we go. Uh, for medical surgery, <laughs> was found in her car, and I mean that. That's the only way this film could have got more British, if, if she was included. Anastasia. Oh, she's American, isn't she? I always, I always get that because she's very much adopted by the Brits, isn't she?
0: She's one of those that I think was way more successful <laughs> overseas. All, all the gays in Britain. There's a few of them. A few sort of American stars that you forget are American because they, they're they so much more popular in Britain. It's okay. She forgets her age. Well, she loves
1: about it. Ooh! Um, As she's entitled to. It was found uh, in, in her car and in her companion's body. And the companion was not breathing when the crash occurred, according to the autopsy. And then Dickie Pep... <laughs> that Dickie Pep... Said that he sold Catherine fifty milliliters of D milliliters of DTC last Thursday. Dicky Pep. Yeah. Um, Catherine doesn't agree. She thinks he was breathing uh, when the crash occurred.
0: Yeah, she says Kevin was definitely breathing when we went off the road. They say, "How do you know?" He was making me come. <laughs> what you were having sex at one hundred miles an hour? One hundred ten. I must have hit a pothole. <laughs> Um, yeah, one one thing that's no pun intended has really stuck with us since
1: watching this film is just the word "come." Honestly to God, if you take a drink, if you take a shot every single time Sharon Stone says come in, this, in the first hour of this film, you'll be fucking wrecked.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's come, come, come all ye faithful.
1: It's like, oh, how are we going to let people notice an erotic thriller? Oh, I know. We'll just get Sharon Stone to say come a bunch of times. I
0: want to make spunk puns as well. This is where I think she's Samantha Jones. <laughs> Uh, genuinely it's it's that kind of humor that samantha jones has in sex in the city and i'm all for it i fucking love samantha Mm -hmm. jones love sex in the city um but again it's another reason she's in a completely different yeah (laughs) because no one else is on her level (laughs) she's she's there cracking spunk puns every five minutes saying come 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 yeah and uh, everyone else is taking it very seriously. drama. They think it's an ITV drama. They think they're at the fucking Royal Opera House doing <laughs> fucking Shakespeare at the Globe. You've got fucking Charlotte Rampling in this. And she's been in some saucy films. I mean, there's a film where she, you know, fucking falls in love with a uh, chimpanzee, Max Monomore. <laughs> you know, and she's still <laughs> she's still playing this straight. It's, yeah. like, it's Basic Instinct 2, for
1: fuck's uh-huh. sake. Camp it up, people. Yeah. It is like an episode of The Bill, um, but with Sharon Stone mm. playing her basic instant character. Absolutely. <laughs> Catherine counters uh, by saying Dickie Pep. <laughs> also, they say congratulations to every cast member in the film that has to say "Dicky Pep with a straight face. Dickie Pep. Uh, he must be lying because uh, she thinks they've got him on some other charge and he's trying to deal his way out, if he even exists. Yeah. Uh, and they say... Uh, you. <laughs> You don't seem too upset by what's happened. And she says, of course I am. I'm traumatised. Who knows if I'll ever come again. <laughs> and then immediately we cut to David Fulis. Like, I want that cunt in jail. <laughs> <laughs> but that's think Everyone talks so British in this as well. It just doesn't is match fun. up. I mean,
0: it is, you know, it is a British film. But it should never have been a British film. <laughs> but, you know... Dialogue like that, I just—it's the my biggest pet peeve is—is is that they're playing it too straight, mm-hmm. literally when it comes to Catherine's bisexuality as well. Oh god, and we'll yeah. get started on that later.
1: Um, but they're playing it too straight. Yeah, they definitely did the uh, the Disney one-word deals with it kind of approach.
0: Kind of, but when you're kind of like, well, what does that mean? Mm. It's not spelt out. Um, yeah, I. Th- yeah, we'll get on to that at that point.
1: Yeah, she begins therapy sessions with Dr. Michael Glass. She has to check his pulse to see if he's alive after his uh, lifeless performance. Yeah. Um, who has conducted a court-ordered psychiatric examination and given testimony in her case.
0: Yeah, so he needs to establish whether she is a danger to herself or others Mm -hmm. while she's on parole. This is where I got a little bit confused Mm -hmm. because it's like, when is she on parole? Is this her actual trial or is this a hearing to see if she needs to stay in prison before she goes on trial? is she even going on trial it's very confusing oh my God. as
1: someone who works closely with the courts this is fucking bullshit this entire court case it, yeah it is literally just him standing there saying a few things yeah. court case is over next minute she's out because one person said one thing it's it's absolutely ridiculous
0: this um this is the first instance of something i fucking the film keeps doing and i fucking hate it because the script is awful the screenplay's terrible they Whilst they're having their little meeting, their psych psychiatric meeting, um, Michael and Catherine, they do a lot of double talk that's made to sound clever, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Uh-huh. So it's it's a lot like um sort of like, oh well I can see you're divorced. <laughs> you know, does it does it um hurt you that I see you divorced because i guessed it so well and stuff like that so what does that even mean mm-hmm. you know it it's it's that double talk and it, it's they're very long scenes comparatively to what they should be yeah because they're just talking
1: shit yeah but the thing is the original did things like this but it did it because it was a satire on films like this Whereas this becomes the film that the... And I, I'm pretty sure we said the exact same thing with uh, Piranha and Piranha 3 D. Um, this becomes the film that the original was a satire about. Mm-hmm. This becomes, you know, a, a very basic film that just uses all the tropes instead of using them to his advantage to laugh at them.
0: But I feel like with Basic Instinct, these kind of scenes did go somewhere. Mm. And that, that it wasn't yeah. as heavy as it is in this mm-hmm. film. Because this is, I mean, nine times out of ten, the scenes that Sharon Stone's in, she's having conversations like this. Yeah. Where she's just talking for the sake of it, and it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, we have Catherine Tramiel. She is an established character. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of, it, it's this weird place between trying to talk, like, Hannibal Lecter... Yeah. ...and trying to talk, like, Samantha Jones. Uh Uh-huh. And all it ends up doing is just becoming confusing. Mm -hmm. It's completely pointless, because it doesn't add to her character. It doesn't add to the film. And it's fucking dull. Yeah. It's really dull, because by the end of it, you've wasted, you know, five minutes on a conversation... That hasn't established anything. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I did do that. Or maybe I didn't. Well, what would that mean if I did do this? Well, wouldn't you like to know? Or maybe you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you did it. Or maybe the moustache guy did it. You know, ugh, shut up. <laughs> shut up and shag, for fuck's sake.
1: <laughs> uh, Dr. Glass strongly suspects Catherine is a narcissist and able to differentiate between right and wrong. Oh, court case settled. After the court case, we're introduced (laughs) to Adam Tower, the journalist boyfriend of Glass's ex wife, who hints that he's planning on writing a story criticizing Glass. And it's a story that we're going to hear so much about in this fucking film. This story gets more fucking screen time than Sharon Stone, and it was so boring. So boring.
0: Who even cares? At least in the original, he shot someone. Yeah. He shot someone. There's the guilt. There's all that to do Mm -hmm. with it. It's very, you know, it's very clear. He unintentionally shot someone. He's dealing with the guilt. Catherine uses that against him. Yeah. You know, well done. Mm -hmm. You know, you've laid it out for us. You don't have to keep telling
1: us the story. Yeah. Um. I and everyone knows about it. it, It's the worst kept secret in history. Everyone knows about what he did. And basically, all he did was he apparently knew that this guy was going to kill his girlfriend, and he defended him. Well, Mm -hmm. he knew that. Um. This is is Chekhov, wasn't it? Oh God. He was a drug dealer somewhere down here. Um, uh, You think I'd remember it with the amount of time I know I couldn't. Cheslav, 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 Cheslav. Excuse me.
0: So Cheslav was a drug dealer, and Glass was assigned to him to see if he was a danger to himself or others. He said he wasn't, and he ended up killing his girlfriend. Yeah. And you know Glass has guilt over that, there, but it comes, it comes up. So no pun intended. <laughs> it, it it comes up in conversation so much does. from like 20 different angles and it's like I don't care I genuinely do, don't give mm-hmm. a shit by the end Um interestingly and maybe the first and last time I'll use this word um, Dr Glass tells the court that Tramiel is addicted to risk and the thrill of potentially getting caught and she's going to up the risk, up the risk factor until she ultimately kills herself now this is quite interesting yeah. This is quite interesting, and it kind of led me to believe that number one, they're ripping off David Cronenberg's Crash, yeah. and number two, that potentially we could get Catherine's death at the end where mm-hmm. she takes it too far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, it's not on the Blu-ray. It Blu-ray <laughs> stoked to serve a Blu-ray um, on the DVD. The the full title is Basic Instinct Two. Is it Risk Addicted? Is it? Risk, oh god yeah risk addict or, or something like that <laughs> so this is this is interesting and it's an interesting part of the first half of the film and it's kind of forgotten by the end
1: that is one of the worst titles I've ever heard in my life I know
0: I know but it kind of fits to what they were doing at the beginning but it's this idea that's completely lost mm-hmm. you know that she might become her own undoing because she's taken so many risks I mean she crashed the car into the Thames you know, she she could have died. She mm-hmm. could have, you know, been like Richard Hillman. <laughs> Shut up. Yes, she could have
1: been. She could have been.
0: Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, just, just YouTube Richard Hillman, Coronation Street, and watch the whole saga unfold. It's much better than Basic Instinct 2, <laughs> and you'll thank me for it later.
1: Yeah, despite Glass telling the courts that Catherine is a danger to herself and others, She's let go, and Washburn is fuming. He says she'll do it again soon. Only this time, I'll fucking nail the bitch.
0: Yeah. So he's <laughs> given off misogynist. Definitely mm-hmm. giving off misogynist. He kind of forgives Glass for a lot. Yeah. But then has this vendetta against Catherine Tremell. Um. Again, you know, not fully explored. Just he just seems to hate women. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the whole Adam Tower thing, he's gonna write an expose on Glass. Glass confronts his ex wife at her place of work. Um, one thing as well, everyone works in the fanciest buildings. Of course. Everyone works in huge, fabulous buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's two thousand and six. Is this is this before uh before um Cost of living crisis
1: <laughs> Well when you see the offices It's hard to believe That this is still set in In the UK yeah. They're very Americanized, hmm. I think
0: To a certain degree But everyone has the nicest homes And
1: the nicest Oh my god there's... No actually no 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 I, Not I think oh, No 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 Her apartment Catherine Tramow's apartment Oh yeah you would never absolutely go... in America Oh my god in No London, way You'd never get that. No fucking London. way That's in London Not, not, I mean,
0: her, I mean, her books look quite cheap from (laughs) what I'm seeing.
1: I mean, the covers look terrible. (laughs) And the photo of her in the background is like from... Even his apartment, it looks like something out of Gossip Girl. Like, are you you fucking serious?
0: Um, so Glass confronts his ex-wife at her place of work. Her name being, what, I can't remember. I think it comes up later. Um before he he watches Catherine serve on TV in a green <laughs> ostrich-feathered lined coat after she's released from uh, police custody. Now, th- at this point, I was... And I kind of wish this did happen in the end, but I thought, oh, no, we, we're not going to get much of Sharon Stone in this mm. film. You know, seeing her on TV and being released, and a lot of the focus is... And a lot of the focus of the film is on glass Mm. on on the david morrissey character which is a big failure on the film's part yeah but we do get more of shanstone than i thought i thought oh she's probably filmed a few scenes Mm -hmm. she's done this television thing yeah and that's it she probably she was probably in london for Mm -hmm. three days and that's why they've had to get charlotte rampling and the rest of the cast to to bulk it up yeah um but that's that's not necessarily true actually um Catherine goes to Glass again to discuss his testimony at her court hearing. She flirts a little and opens up to him and then returns the next day to ask him if he wants to take her on as a patient. And this is something the film does a few times and it really annoys me. Is We have this scene with Catherine and Glass Mm -hmm. together and they have another one of those boring conversations and she's trying to get him to take her on as a patient. Yeah. And the, the conclusion, they talk a load of shit, don't really get anywhere, and the conclusion seems to be that he will take her on as a patient. So <laughs> then we cut away, and then we return to the same set. Mm. They're dressed differently. It's the next day. <laughs> but then they continue to have this, you know, psychiatrist and
1: patient conversation. Well, it's like, why did this have to happen over two days? I was thinking the same. You also missed out. A very minor but Something that comes back, a scene that comes back a little later on um, Glass is minding his own business, writing in a cafe what, what the fuck is he writing, by the way? But that's not in between these two scenes Just before Yeah, so this two is two before, yeah, yeah.
0: but what I'm talking about is in between So these are two scenes yeah. that are doing exactly the yeah, same thing Oh, I know, thing. I know, I have, I like, have, I have that done my on my God. notes Oh yeah, absolutely What a yawn
1: Yeah Um. So yeah, he's minding his own business, he's writing so in a cafe um, when a bad actress approaches him Duh. to ask what he's writing about, he's like, Oh, all of a I'll have to kill you. Ooh, blah, 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 whatever um, And then Adam's assistant shows up and's like, Oh, why didn't you want to talk to Adam the other day? And Glass just leaves. Now, throwaway scene, I thought I'd put it down just in case. It does come back later on. Um, yeah, for- it does, actually. <laughs> I,
0: I, didn't, I, I didn't think it was. I didn't think she'd get a big role, and she doesn't. <laughs> but this. Gets a big something. The problem is it's kind of trying to do the same as the original film, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't blame it for it really, but it's tried to do it from a a different angle. So the guy is a psychiatrist. It's set in London, this, that, and the other. So in the original film, you have the Jean Triplehorn Mm -hmm. character. So you have her as kind of a, a, kind of an opposite of Catherine. And we see the way that the Michael Douglas character treats her yeah. as the film progresses. And that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. What this film tries to do is it's something similar, but we don't have a Gene Triplehorn. No. We don't have that character. No. Like, why isn't that character there? So we have substitutes. And you know Spoiler alert This is one of the substitutes and it, She comes back Into mm-hmm. the film Later on So during Catherine And uh, Glass's Second day When She's officially A patient She Suggests that she may have Subconsciously wanted The crash to happen mm. As she dreamed it Or Something <laughs> like that she, I dreamt like, I dreamt about it And then it happened and... Oh I
1: dreamt About a man Driving off the road And dying Whilst making me come. Yeah <laughs>
0: Which is, uh, I mean, come on, this is Crash. This is, and, and I don't, I don't think David Cronenberg's Crash was a huge box office success. But, you know, this is Crash. Look, like, what are you doing? Um, Another bad bit of dialogue is that the more nervous I am, the more relaxed people think I am. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> She said I might be
1: manipulating you to create risk for myself <laughs> oh thank you for the plot of the film <laughs> um but yeah no it's pointless and the two scenes are just ridiculous because like you said you know he in he he says he's not gonna give her any treatment but the next minute she's his patient yeah and, you know yeah um but yeah they uh but he's so
0: wooden it's yeah. hard to oh God, tell, you know if yeah. he's sexually interested in mm-hmm. her or if she's Sort of stirring up any sort of resemblance of emotion in him.
1: There are moments where Sharon Stone genuinely looks frustrated to be working (laughs) opposite him, and I really don't blame her.
0: Um, He buys Catherine's box, yeah, and um, she returns for another session where she talks about uh, Detective Nick Curran from the first Mm -hmm. film. So this is, you know, obviously she's the only character that's in the first and and second film. So she, she gives us our little backstory. Oh, don't care. It's really, it's like, what do, I do. What what it's the most interesting conversation about? in the film. What she's talking about, oh, we we'll go around in his uh, cop car to find crash victims. <laughs> but again, you're trying to be crashed to find crash victims. They're so warm. Have you ever seen a crash victim? Have you, uh, Glass? Um, he also, re- when he's reading the books, he's reading them in the queue as well. <laughs> he's really that excited. And we get the Audible version <laughs> of the books by Sharon Stone. I mean, I'm in for it. I wish they would have like as like a re- some marketing or something, have released mm-hmm. one of the books with Sharon Stone reading it. I'm all for that. Like, come
1: on, Audible. But yeah, she's talking about Nick. Yeah. Um she says that she was interviewed by Adam Towers after the court case, and he told her about the Cheslav case. <sighs> Um, and yeah, we had more conversations about that. She asked, uh, if he would tell the police if she told him that she murdered Kevin Franks. He said he wouldn't unless she told him, uh, he was going, that she was going to murder someone else specifically. And that's bullshit. No, if she had told you she'd murdered someone, you would have to tell someone. I definitely think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. She, then that's when we hear about Nick Curran, blah, 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 blah. And then about how last night she had a sex with a man. She had a sex. She had a bit a- of a sex. Oh, a bit of a sex. A bit of a sex. She had, she had the sex with a man last night. All night. And uh, they did everything together. Everything in the book. The Karma Sutra book. Uh, Everything. Everything's ever been invented. And she's just forgotten. But she'd remember him if he died. And this is the point you're like, okay... I'm. He's not. He's not obsessed at this point. He's not in love. I mean, from what you can tell, I mean, it's difficult to tell of his acting. As far as we know, he's not in love at this point. This is like. This is where you're like, okay, no, I'm going to the police. You literally just said you wanted to murder someone.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And this is this is all the conversations are throughout the film. Mm. It's that double talk. It's like, well, what if I told you that I was the one who didn't flush the toilet after having a shit, <laughs> or maybe maybe I'm bluffing and it was in fact you who didn't flush the toilet after having a shit. Disgusting. Or maybe there was no shit in the toilet to begin with and it's all a figment of mine or your imagination. Or maybe neither of us are capable of shitting and that shit doesn't exist in this world.
1: It's It's better writing than that. It's just talking utter bollocks. Yeah. Melina Gardosh is uh, is introduced. She is. Good old Charlotte Rampling. Uh, a colleague of Glass's. And she tells him to be careful. It sounds
0: like we're referring to... George Glass. No, yeah, George Glass. It sounds like we're referring to a character. You remember in, in the uh, beginning of our podcast episodes where our notes weren't the best and we would just give someone a nickname. Tell people that. <laughs> it's true. You can go back and listen. We would just give someone a nickname. We go, well, that
1: one's going wearing glasses. So that's glasses. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, if we were doing that with this one, it'd probably be Woody for Wooden. Yeah. Uh, she tells him to be careful with Catherine because she's trying to seduce him, and that Adam has been calling her to ask questions about him. Uh, Melina meets Catherine at a party, and at this same party, Catherine tries to get Glass to leave of her for a quiet drink somewhere. But he refuses again. Leading back to question, if you if you're going to refuse this because of professionalism, mm-hmm. why are you not shopping her in for being for basically confessing exactly. she's a fucking murderer? Exactly. Um, instead, he goes home with another girl called Michelle, who he has rough sex with, complete with very detailed ball slapping noises.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan
1: <laughs> of the noises
0: in this. Um, so in... he's uh, just going back slightly. Melina doesn't recognise Catherine. No. <laughs> Despite it being quite a big news story, quite a big story between her and Glass. let's face it, who the fuck else is it going to be yeah. in that room? At the bookstore, her face is on the front of a magazine, her interview with Adam Towers. And she's just talking Who are you again? Who are you? Oh, this is Catherine. Oh, no, it's Catherine. Oh, my Lord. I can't believe it. I've never seen you before. You know, and Catherine if she must be a big author mm-hmm. to afford that kind of um home in London, mm-hmm. she must be huge. She must be on the the author who we do not speak of kind of level. Yeah. You know, she must yeah. be fucking J. R. Tolkien. <laughs> if he was still alive. Um yeah. But the uh... he grabs to us that he's having sex with Michelle. He grabs her hair and kind of twists it and starts pulling. Yeah, and he's getting more aggressive, which very is very back. similar to how Nick was in the original. Yeah, where he with the Gene Triplehorn character. Uh-huh. Forgive me, I'm terrible remembering character names, but I remember actors. Um, with the Gene Triplehorn character, he becomes more aggressive. Yeah, sexually. And this is also a throwback to the Audible version mm-hmm. of the Catherine's book that he was reading at the bookstore. You know, it's to the T. Yeah. Exactly Which what ridiculous. he was, that moment that he was reading. Yeah.
1: It's ridiculous we get a throwback to this scene from the original, but yet we don't get a proper throwback to the leg crossing or a fucking ice pick. Yeah, well, we do. It's in get the marketing, little, the ice pick, but
0: yeah, so we do get a couple of references to those scenes, or what I feel is a reference to those scenes. I'm not sure how intentional it is. I think it was intentional. I, I,
1: I think Are you want it... about the Lisa Scott Lee scene? Yes, with the chair. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's uh, a reference to something quite British as well. Mm. So, is, is that is that coming up?
1: Yeah, but first, um, the ball slapping sex gets interrupted, uh, by a call from Glass's ex-wife Denise. Denise, that was her name. Yeah, he goes to her place and finds Adam, who has been strangled to death. Uh, he also finds a small Big Ben ornament on the floor that Catherine was carrying around previously. Yeah, it's evidence. A lighter, isn't it? Is it a lighter. It's a lighter. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's a lighter. He steps on it and it breaks. Um. Yeah, evidence that Catherine was the one. Um. But he's found in bed, strangled with a belt. Yeah. So instead of an ice pick, we get a belt Mm -hmm. in this film. So that's the weapon of choice for some reason.
1: (laughs) Glass and Catherine have a session the next day. She suggests that Adam dying was a good thing for him because it prevented him writing the negative article about him. This is when we get the Lisa Scott Lee scene. If anyone has seen any of Lisa Scott Lee's performances and her chairography. She loves a chair. She loves a chair. She loves sitting on them like this. Uh, so did, actually, pop culture moment. So did the Spice Girls uh, on one of their performances where they're all naked on chairs, sat like this.
0: Well, that is... So, the director of this film... I uh, can't remember his name. Um, too many names. Michael Caton Jones. Mm. The film Scandal.
1: Oh, Scandal, obviously the artwork. Scandal,
0: that's the artwork. But it's to do with the uh, Profumo affair. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: And it was in the 60s. And it was a British political guy had an affair with this model. And afterwards, she did her, you know, Hello magazine or whatever it was at the time. And a very famous picture of her naked in the chair. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is so what Catherine does, and and she is wearing a dress. Is so she pulls up the dress to show her legs. Yeah, and then sits at the chair, so she appears nude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, we're not gonna get the exact same scene as the first film. I, I I genuinely don't think Sharon Stone would ever agree to that. She didn't actually agree to it at the time. Well, no, no. Um, you know. We wouldn't get that again. So it is with the spread legs at the chair Mm -hmm. and her trying to entice him in that way. That I think is the throwback, but also a throwback to a very British affair that happened in British politics.
1: But what makes me laugh is the fact that they tried so desperately with the marketing for this film to make people believe... That she was gonna do the legs crossed the scene again. The Absolutely. poster is her sat in a chair with her legs crossed, and you know exactly what they're going for. Exactly, but because there that's is what's gonna
0: sell, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: but there is another poster with this scene where she's on the chair.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, I feel like that is the equivalent, um, but much like everything else in this film, is the watered down version. Of course. Um, but she does talk a good game. No, she she, she she does talk a good. <laughs>
0: she says. Uh... When you think about fucking me and I know you do <laughs> how do you picture it doctor do you want to come in my mouth <laughs> what if i told you i masturbate thinking about you
1: um yeah shout out to chris's mum who's listening to this episode and is so proud of I hope mom. not <laughs> um yeah and the big basic instinct big 2 basic fan, 2 so,
0: 2 so i think she's definitely going to be listening
1: um yeah, and she she's then like, she's like, oh, I masturbate whilst thinking about you. I come whilst thinking about you making yourself come. And I'm like, oh my god, okay, Sharon, Stone, we get it? We get it. She loves the word "come," you know. She loves it. We're pro sex on this podcast, but it's not really sexy when all you're allowed to do is just keep saying "fucking come" all the time. And and this is, I mean, th- this is
0: utmost. Samantha Jones. This this is Samantha Jones talking
1: a good game. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you you want to come in my mouth?
1: And then when she finishes, she's like, I'm (laughs) terminating therapy. Give me the bill. (laughs) Terminating therapy. Send
0: me the bill. And then Glass. But it's camp. I mean, this is so camp. And David Morrissey is fucking sat there like he's watching paint dry. Yeah. I mean, Sharon said, were they in the same room? (laughs) Surely, this the, the yeah. campness has to give something, you know. I, I would rather it turn to him and you go, Oh, yeah, okay. and his yeah. eyes, you know, <laughs> cartoon eyes popping, the eyes are yeah. popping. I just something, I go, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. started uh, fucking salivating, <laughs> fucking dribbling from the mouth or something. Show his interaction, something, please. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, like. And, <laughs> an erection or something like a tentpole.
1: let desk let his desk start lifting Lurking, up, you know. Yeah,
0: something like that. Just
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: lean into the camp,
1: and I would be satisfied. Yeah. He instead he has a sad moment back in that cafe, staring out the window, pretending he's in a music video, like he's just uh, lost the challenge on The Apprentice. Look, like he's on his way to Warwick Avenue, just like Duffy. Um, the bad actress returns. She's like, "Are you okay?" And then they have sex in the kitchen. Yeah. That's it. And that's it. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, he calls Catherine after, leaves her a message, asks her to call him. Washburn, um, who just appears out of nowhere in this film all the time, by the way. Oh, yeah. He just teleports when he's needed. Hello there. Um, He approaches Glass and informs him that Adam and Catherine were seeing each other and had a phone call ninety minutes before he died. Yes, he knows that she fucking killed him, but he's not, just not telling her for some reason.
0: Yeah, so he he visits Glass and he questions him, and the whole Adam Towers thing comes out. But I I, I think she'd already admitted it, Adam Towers was the all night sex session anyway, mm. didn't she? Yeah. Um, he Washburn kind of refers to him as maybe a potential suspect mm-hmm. if he's not given the information that he needs. Yeah,
1: do you know why? Because he knows about the article. He, he knows about
0: Chaslav. He knows about the article, he, <laughs> yes. And uh, Glass tells him that he was fucking Michelle on his yeah. knees as Adam was being murdered. Lovely.
1: We get a montage of Glass being an absolute beg. Fucking scrambled beg on toast over here. Constantly thinking about and calling Catherine, as well as checking his voicemail for messages from her. Yeah,
0: it's it's because it's kind of like it's really on the nose. It's really obvious, but it's also like we've seen this in romantic comedies. (laughs) Like, what is this? Well, it is Valentine's Day. It's not well. I suppose this is the romantic. This is why we're covering it. This is why we're covering it. Glass. This is. Uh, Rock Hudson and Doris Day have yeah, nothing on this. Exactly.
1: Glass and Melina go to artist Jacob Gerst's house where Catherine is just standing around serving a look and probably her best look in the film.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, a little bit
0: hippie, little bit, yeah. yeah. you know, very London. Get the London mm-hmm. look. She
1: did get the London look.
0: She did get the London look. Gerst talks
1: to Glass about very having a breakdown. Kate Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gerst also talks to Glass. About the Cheslav case, because we haven't heard enough about that already. I thought Gerst was a renowned psychologist. I don't know what the fuck he was. Because he
0: mentions the Douglas chair. So I think Glass is going for some sort of chair, to be a chairperson mm-hmm. or something. And he needs Gerst's recommendation to sort of further his career. But Gerst is, because everybody in this film is on the 1%, Um, He owns a very expensive painting of a woman surrounded by men. Yeah, And that's when Catherine appears out of nowhere. Because they're like, well, we wonder what the men are doing. And she comes in and says, they're worshipping... Oh, (laughs) shit, fuck that up. They're worshipping her as they should. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, he
1: mentions the... Case that I have not got written down
0: anywhere because I got fucking
1: fed up of it. Melina and Catherine go for a chat outside. They do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She says, Come with me. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Glass follows. I thought, and I was really hoping that she was going to seduce Charlotte Rampling.
1: I I feel like she did. She. May I feel like it's implied. Have, she may have, but I I would have liked to have seen that scene. Yeah, it's only implied because it's two thousand and six. Then again, it's two thousand and six guys, come on, you—that's when everyone loved sexualizing lesbians for straight men. I'm surprised they didn't do it.
0: Yeah, because probably because uh, they were deemed too old. Well, and yeah. because Charlotte Rampling yeah. is, is older than Sharon That's Stone, true. so ooh, no, how could they? older women enjoying sex.
1: How could they? Glass follows Catherine while she's having a stroll around London. Um, she shows her vagina to a random guy in the street and gives him some money.
0: Yeah, so this is this is we're finally in the seedy part of London <laughs> that we all love
1: in Chinatown. Summer. Um, this yeah, it's more Soho, I think. It, it looked like Chinatown when they when they discovered his corpse. Spoiler alert. In Chinatown oh, oh of
0: course it was yeah. Yes Oh excuse me We're so high Chinatown Are next to each other I, f- I really. do
1: feel like these are Two separate locations Even though they're meant To be the same Yeah like. Yeah
0: Yeah but that's only Because we know Well We don't know London Like the back of our hand But we know it well enough To we be like We um, especially know that area Yeah Yeah no absolutely The seedy area So it's we go Well it's made to look <laughs> seedy uh, Chinatown is Certainly not seedy It's a beautiful area Of London Until you get there Um, But yeah That's true
1: I <laughs> don't know where I was going with that joke I know yeah It's hurting my feelings uh, Yeah he starts strangling her and drags her inside So Glass chases after them uh, Glass goes to the roof of the building And in a bizarre series of events He watches her from a window Taking part in an orgy Whilst smiling at him It's okay so it's She's had her hair done She's got her male hair She's got her male hair
0: she, it's some sort of orgies going on, and it's the mildest orgy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're just kissing.
0: Like, people are just
1: kissing. <laughs> the a, a lot of
0: them are fully dressed. They're on this big bed, and he's watching through, um, it's not a window. It's, it's a window. It's a glass ceiling, isn't it? Uh, it's yeah. the roof. It's a glass ceiling, and he's watching, mm-hmm. and they make awkward eye contact. And I tell you, we've defended Sharon Stone's acting so far. And we'll continue to do so. But she looks so fucking bored. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's jackhammer shagging. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And she looks so bored. She gives a little smirk to Glass. Yeah. Through the glass. And it's... I mean, I... I I don't even know what to say it's so awful that it's amazing it's actually yeah. genuinely probably yeah. what I'm This going, is the energy this, the beginning of the film and this is what yeah. I'm going to remember. This is the energy it's the so... film
1: the film needed. It was going to be bad. It's
0: camp, yeah,
1: you know. He visits Melina and tells her all about it for some reason.
0: He tells Melina everything. Oh, she's just an orgy
1: she was, yeah. Um she figures out that he's in love with she her. She's
0: wearing, like a um Oh, what? What they loved in the two thousands was it like a, a ribbon round her neck? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, they loved that. We loved that in the two thousands. She figures
1: out. She figures out that Glass is in love with Catherine and uh, tells him that he needs to stop seeing her and says, "If she calls again, give her my number. I'm a woman. She'll relate to me differently." Yeah. Which is interesting and doesn't go anywhere. I feel like that's the moment where everyone at home's meant to be like, oh, no, she won't. She's bisexual. Oh, sh- yeah, really?
0: and I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. I, do you know what? I would have loved to have seen Glass killed off halfway through the film and mm-hmm. then see the rest of it with the Charlotte Ramblin yeah.
1: character. Washburn meets Glass outside of his office building, again, just appears, and suggests that he goes <laughs> and talks to Denise. So he visits her at a bar and if she told Adam that that he knew Cheslav was going to kill his girlfriend. She says she did and reveals that she's been talking to Catherine. Yes.
0: So he gets angry about this. And she storms out and goes to a club. Uh, obviously a reference to the original film. The iconic um, club scene. Mm-hmm. Again, another character that's missing. And is it Roxy? From the yeah. original, you know that character mm-hmm.
1: because obviously she's not bisexual in on this one. Um, well, no, technically, she, Denise is both of those characters in one because there is really underdeveloped. There. Literally, a scene coming up where Catherine says she slept with her. Did she? Yeah, no, she actually says the oh, words. yeah, okay. that's that's what I meant. So when it's, I, it's very diluted. That's though. what I meant when I said I guess the Disney treatment. They literally, uh, it's I've, one oh, line I've of dialogue.
0: You meant the girl
1: buddies? No, no, no. It's um, one line of dialogue.
0: Oh, okay. So they go to the club and it's the cleanest club I've ever seen. <laughs> they go to the toilet, which is completely empty. You know, this is mm-hmm. a, a full club and the toilets are empty. Those are absolutely posh restaurant toilets. Oh, my no God. They're not club. The, toilets. Unattended candles. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Yeah. On the podcast. But you know how I hate an unattended mm-hmm. candle. Um. Yeah. It's clean. There's not... Toilet roll everywhere no. There's the cleanest Club toilets in London I've ever seen The poshest mm-hmm. um, And it gets ruined Because she gets her throat slit Yeah
1: potentially. Yeah, she gets her throat slit uh, Washburn questions Glass About what happened to her He reveals that Denise Was going to tell people About the Sheslav case And Catherine arrives At the police station and In a really bizarre scene And this really bugged me I Obviously Washburn hates Catherine, yeah. there's, there's no secret mm-hmm. He goes out for a chinwag with her And comes back To say that uh, Oh, she just told me that She and Denise were good girl buddies But everything that comes out of her, out of her life Is a fucking lie with her Even the truth's a lie with her <laughs> yeah. What does like, that what mean? What does that even mean? But that even the truth's a lie with her What pissed me off is, he went and spoke to her She said she was good friends with Denise And he came back and told um, Glass what was the fucking point? Yeah. What's the point in that? Yeah. What's that gonna
0: do? It's with just what extending the film? And what does girl buddies mean? Yeah. I thought this was the reference no. to the bisexuality. No. But the, the thing is, with with the bisexuality, I, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, there was some backlash against the original film mm-hmm. having a bisexual killer. Mm. Um. But you know. We don't see it that way.
1: No. But I understand how an audience at the time would. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we weren't exactly... um, We weren't exactly filled with amazing representation back then, were we? No.
0: But that doesn't mean
1: that we should get a diluted version of bisexuality
0: and wink-wink, nudge-nudge moments in this one. For fear of
1: offending anyone.
0: Yeah. You know, that's even worse, Mm -hmm. in my
1: opinion. Yeah. Glass confronts Catherine at her apartment And she reveals she was meeting with Denise For research on him for her next book And they end up having sex Where she wraps a bout around his neck Very loosely by the way my uh, And he acts like he's about to fucking die uh, And yeah they just can't have sex With the bout wrapped around his neck Yeah
0: so this is the reference to the original film mm-hmm. Where the ice pick is Underneath the mattress yeah. uh, And we're not sure if she's Gonna stab Michael mm-hmm. Douglas or not Um Really tense scene in the original. I was gonna say. In this one, shit. Yeah. I mean, you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? No pun intended. And then, to make the film even more messy, he finds a small bottle of something with a syringe in Catherine's fridge. He takes it to Washburn to analyze. Yes. He, what are you doing? You've defended her up until this point. You, you could have literally shopped her in. But now you want to get this... He's he's acting like it's a big surprise to him. She practically admitted she killed the footballer. Yeah. But now it's like a big surprise. What are you doing? What are you doing, film? What are you doing? An old man waits outside for Glass and tells him that Washburn also has some sketchy secrets. So who the fuck is this guy, for one?
0: I don't know, actually. He's just uh, there
1: to move the plot along. He was
0: in the film earlier, but I I don't... He just comes out of nowhere and says, Hey... This will help. This will help extend yeah. this fucking film for another half an hour.
1: And he, he does some research, finds out he is sketchy. So Glass goes back to Catherine's apartment. She's waiting by the lift for him. Fuck knows how long she was waiting there. Yeah, like yeah. Just, She's just standing there, she's waiting, just looking dishevelled.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happened here to make her look dishevelled.
1: Well, she was like, um, "Yeah, by the way, what you took from my apartment was insulin. Now leave, and that's it." Oh my god! I literally have. You're like, is Washburn a suspect then? Why are we prolonging this? I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, Washburn shows up again. Uh, he tells Glass that the an- 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 a- the an- right analysis there? has taken place and it was DTC. Uh, so he's like, oh, show me a form then. And he's like, well, uh, this is an unofficial form. What, what the fucking proof is that? Why are we listening to this? I know. Why are we listening to what this What is shit? the point? Washburn then takes him to the house where he previously watched Catherine taking part in an orgy, which he did not tell Washburn about, by the way. No. Um, The guy she was having sex with has his trousers down and he's revealed to be Dickie Pep. uh, And that has been... uh, Dickie Peck? Dickie Pep. Oh, is it Pep? P. Oh. And he's been murdered by some sort of injected substance. And Washburn says to him... (laughs) If you've got five seconds where you're not dizzy with the smell of her pussy, ask yourself, do you trust her? <laughs> yeah. He says, maybe she'll... T-
0: uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, maybe she'll tell... Uh, t- uh, maybe... Oh, fuck's sake. Maybe uh, she'll tell you it was me that I killed him with an overdose, pulled down his pants, wanked him off, despite him being <laughs> dead, just so there was cum everywhere. <laughs> The words don't come naturally out the
1: mouth. I do apologise. Well, her. they don't for the actors either. <laughs> yeah. Glasgow's to visit Catherine while she's working on a novel, and we get a voiceover of what she's typing. Very. Uh, she's gone from Samantha to Carrie now.
0: Yeah, but she's really her computer's at a very weird angle. Yeah. It's stressing me out. It's like I'm not on the desk properly. It was kind of. It's definitely uh, Carrie. Yeah. From Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. I, I was wondering. If it, if he did come in my mouth, <laughs> then would he have the upper hand?
1: Catherine gives Glass a copy uh, of the draft of the next novel titled "The An- Analyst." Uh, the Analyst. Oh my god, why am I struggling to say "analyst"? It's, it's, it's pronounced "analyst." Anal- well, it is in this film. The- Catherine admits she killed Adam. Like, ad- actually admits it because he was insufferable, and that she was sleeping with Denise before stripping off and getting into a jacuzzi. Yeah, so This is a scene where she literally says She was great in bed
0: Yeah, but then this is also the scene Because that she's double talking again mm. Because she's like Well, maybe I killed him Or maybe I didn't Do you trust me enough, yeah. Glass? Do you trust me? Do you trust yourself? Yeah. Do you trust David Fulis? You know, am I speaking the truth Or am I not speaking the truth? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't give a shit I genuinely, by this point, I'm tired and I don't care anymore. What I do care about, though, is how phenomenal she looks. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a, a, a robe um, and it's open and she's about to take a dip in the hot tub. Um, she's left some unattended candles out there as well. Which yeah. annoys me. Um, but she, I mean, she looks phenomenal. She's she does. She's a real beauty. Um, and, you know, there's no doubt. I don't know why she had to ask a friend. She can still do it because she can,
1: because she looks amazing. She does. Um. Yeah. She. She. Uh, she's in the jacuzzi. She's winding him up, and he's like, "Oh, who are you gonna kill next?" She doesn't answer him, and he tries drowning her in the jacuzzi before leaving. Yeah. Um. She emerges after he has a change of heart, and she's laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes home, smashes his apartment up and starts reading her new novel where he realises... The Analyst. The Analyst. uh, He realises he's a character, she's a character and the next person who's going to die is Melina. Oh no. So he rushes to Melina's apartment to warn her finding Catherine already there. Melina informs him that he's no longer in charge of Catherine's therapy and that his licence will be revoked. He and Melina struggle and she's knocked unconscious. I'm... 100% 100% certain this was meant to imply that she's been sleeping with uh, with Catherine. Yeah, I'd hope so. But, you know, you've got to figure it out yourself. Yeah, but, you, of course. Catherine threatens Glass of a gun she carries, but Glass confiscates it from her. She reveals that Washburn killed Cheslav's girlfriend just so he could nail Cheslav. Yes.
0: Which kind of makes sense, but then it's like, well, is she telling the truth or is she not telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Like, I understand what they're trying to do as an audience. We're meant to second guess what she's saying. Yeah. But it gets... Fuck, after two hours,
1: it gets really boring. Yeah, and when Washburn arrives at the scene, Catherine manipulates Glass into shooting him, and Washburn tells Glass that whatever Catherine has said is a lie and says to kill her. Glass holds his gun to Catherine, who is now comforting Melina. (laughs) A really weird visual.
0: (laughs) I mean... I I stand. I yeah. mean, I'm living for it, but it is strange to see Charlotte Rampling and Sharon Stone like that in Basic Instinct 2.
1: <laughs> it's a surreal one. It is. Before he can shoot her, the police rush in and arrest him whilst he screams at her. Yeah, that yell from David Morrissey. I mean, <laughs> it's
0: it's been two hours almost and we finally get a little bit of emotion, mm-hmm. but it sounds weird. Yeah, because it, it's I mean... Oh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we finally, finally reach the final scene where Catherine visits Glass, now institutionalised at a local psychiatric hospital, and informs him that the novel has become a bestseller. She claims that she manipulated Glass into committing all of these murders, and we get flashbacks showing Glass committing the murders. She leaves with a smirk on her face whilst Glass continues to sit silently in his wheelchair. Okay. And he smirks. He does. As well. Are we supposed to think that he killed all those people? I don't fucking
0: know. And it's so frustrating because you've just wasted two hours of Yeah. Life. At the end of the day, we knew Catherine Tremel was a murderer. Yeah. We knew it at the beginning yeah. of the film. So, if he... If she had, you know confessed to the murders in this scene it would have made sense and she's doing what she did in the original film and she manipulated someone and he got the blame after all and Mm la-di-da fabulous basic instinct three you know because obviously the the intention was to be a basic instinct three as well but this just didn't work out what i would like to have seen in hindsight is Catherine tramell die you know, take that risk too far mm-hmm. and perish because of it. Yeah. That's what I'd like to have seen. But what you get here is some wishy-washy ending that because, you know, everybody's told a different version of the truth throughout the film. You don't even know if it's true. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, after the abysmal film that we've just had to sit through, I don't care. No. I, like, I genuinely don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have to analyse the ending. No. I want you to tell me what happened. You know, at the end of Basic Instinct, we know Catherine Tremel is a murderer. Mm-hmm. And we know she gets away with it. Yeah. You know, we we know that. Yeah. And because we're weirdos, we stand that. <laughs> you know, what do we get here? She's not even, a, she's kind of a murderer because she tricked him into doing it. But she actually, that's if she did, but and if she did, but then she's not a murderer, but she was a murderer mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film. So why would she go to like, ooh? yeah, that's basic instinct, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fucking dull, boring, overlong. And what was with that mental hospital? It's huge. I know. I know. It's huge.
0: And really fancy. Like Henry VIII fucking lived yeah. there. Um, yeah, way too long really boring Catherine like I said a cross between Hannibal Lecter and Samantha Jones obsessed with the word cum and making really basic cum based puns um really bad just a waste it it, it was a waste it was a waste of talent as well Mm -hmm. it was a waste of talent because I feel like everyone in this film was capable of a good performance Mm mhm you know, these are named people. It's a named cast. It's yeah. It's not a basic bitch cast.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> no, I don't even know what basic bitch cast means, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: I know what I mean. I think, Oof. yeah, I think that's all we need to say. Um, Let's get to the awards. <laughs> Biggest queen. I mean, come on.
0: Well, it has to be Catherine. It has to be. It has to be, but I would give it to Sharon Stone. Yeah. I, like, I'm breaking the fourth wall here and saying i give it to Sharon Stone for getting her payday. Yeah. She deserved more.
1: Biggest gasp, I've got Catherine forcing Kevin Franks to finger her in the opening scene. Yeah.
0: For me, it has to be the Borgie. The Borgie. The Boring Orgy. <laughs> I mean, I, I gasped. <laughs> it that was. Or the Fringe. Yeah. Or, uh, no, uh, for American listeners, fringe. When I say fringe, I mean uh, bangs. Bangs. Bangs.
1: Yeah. Best dialogue, I've got, I'm traumatised. Who knows if I'll ever come again?
0: Oh, I put that as well. <laughs> of course I am. I'm traumatised. Who knows if
1: I'll ever come again? And finally, that's or camp. Just, or just the word come. <laughs> come, come, come. That's camp. I have Sharon Stone recreating her basic instinct performance and trying to be sexy while surrounded by British actors with very British accents telling her to fuck off in the most British way.
0: I put Sharon Stone channeling Samantha
1: Jones through half the film, especially in green ostrich feathers. (laughs) (laughs) Um ratings, I give it two drugged up footballers fingering Sharon Stone out of ten. I gave it two fucked up fringes out of ten. (laughs) Uh, Masterpiece, trash the piece, trash or basic Quite fitting with the film It's basic It is basic
0: It doesn't even have the decency to be trashy No You know, there are moments, but they're fleeting uh, Yeah, uh, no, I agree it's, ba- it's basic Yeah Which is very sad news
1: If you want to put yourself through it It's available on DVD and video on demand And if you enjoyed this, somehow I recommend checking out Body of Evidence Because it's trash the piece And it's so much better Yes, yeah, um,
0: Body of Evidence, I highly recommend. I would say if you enjoyed this, watch David Cronenberg's Crash, because the first half of the film is trying to be David Cronenberg's yeah. Crash. So, uh, And that's a fantastic film.
1: Uh, if you're on the side of loving this film, um, please tell us why on <laughs> social media. Fine.
0: I mean, you're you're entitled to. I would say if you like the original film, try and find some sort of... Edited version of this <laughs> one with all the best
1: scenes, <laughs> so like 10-15 like ten,
0: ten, ten, minutes if that. top. Uh, just all the Sharon Stone scenes, everything else is just guff.
1: Yeah, we're horrible trash over on Facebook and Hins- and Instagram, not on Hinge, um... <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> uh, and it's horrible Hinge. trash on Twitter. We, uh, it's I dirty. it's a dating app, is it? Yeah, oh, yes, we're not on a dating app just to <laughs> get it out there. Uh it is Valentine's Day. Uh, but no. I'm Dead at Gaz92. Couple looking for a
0: similarly minded couple who love
1: we, trashy films. like the look of your vibe. No. Uh I'm Dead at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, GazMan205 on Instagram and gazcruise 92 on Twitter. I'm Chris 823 on Instagram and uh Letterboxed. And if you're listening on Tuesday, then there's only three days until our announcement is made for the gasp lineup.
0: Yes, super excited. Um, the the lineups there,
1: yeah, ready to go. And tickets will be available on Film Freeway on Monday. Yes. Yes. So Gasp Power on social media, and you'll find all the links you need for everything else on there. Yeah, absolutely. Give, Give us, us a
0: like and subscribe.
1: Yeah, oh, thank th- you. That's Gasp, that's my usual for Gas um... <laughs> and for the podcast. Yes, yeah, Chris said. Like, subscribe, and everything. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Next week it's double episode week, and it's our second theme of the month. We are diving into women make horror on Tuesday with the Oracle. Yeah,
0: exciting. A little uh, unknown film. Yeah. Quite, mm. quite. In- Didn't know anything about Basic Instinct two,
1: and here we are. <laughs> and on Friday, we will be. Starting our discussion about The Slumber Party Massacre franchise With an original versus remake episode
0: Yes
1: By the end of the month You'll have heard us talk about all of them Yeah And they're they're great So Yeah Excited for that Apart from Slumber Slumber Party Massacre 3 Mm, yeah. Um, Yeah We'll be back same time same place next week Bye